This is the Leverage Advantage, sharing expert lessons on marketing, strategy, and teams to scale your business with your host, Fazil Musa. Hey guys, welcome back to the Leverage Advantage show. And today we have a very special guest. His name is Rob Kessler and he is the inventor and co-founder of Million Dollar Collar. Now, what are you, what are you thinking uh, Million Dollar Collar is? Now, it's actually a very simple solution to a problem that is very often overlooked but became clearly obvious to him when he was reviewing his wedding photos. Beyond that, Rob actually built a screen a screen printing company and embroidery business from a spare bedroom in his house to over $1 million in revenue before selling the company. Um, and although the new clothing company, NEWD, which stands for Nothing Else Will Do, was never intended to be a screen printing company, what soon spread about the high quality, great pricing, and never miss a deadline guarantee. Rob, um, I also know you've had uh, extensive experience in high ticket sales. So I know we're going to have a great conversation uh, today. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. Yep, I've been all over the board, so we can talk about uh, any kind of topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, before we talk about what you're doing right now with regards to Million Dollar Caller, I'd love to hear about your experience building the uh, screen printing company out from your uh, your spare bedroom because I think you know a lot of the audience that we have are young entrepreneurs, small and medium enterprises. You know, sometimes people just working on a side hustle, and um, you know they. I think it's very useful for them to see an example of somebody who successfully built a million dollar business from from resources that that they just had lying around. So tell us a little bit more about about that experience. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was in real estate in the U.S. in 2006, which was like boomtown. So sales were easy. Uh, Everybody was a buyer. And I just had a little extra time on my hands. So uh, at that same time, graphic t-shirts were becoming very popular. And so I had some familiarity with uh, graphic t-shirts. So at Nude, uh, as you said, nothing else will do, actually started out as a clothing company where I was partnering with artists. And my idea was, well, they paint a really cool painting. Instead of having to sell that two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 painting, they could sell a bunch of custom limited edition shirts. And I found out quickly that at least the artists I work with were all uh, great artists, but terrible self-promoters. And so I ended up with a bunch of shirts that I paid a ton of money to have printed. And so I was just getting frustrated with the printing process. Um, I knew that I'm one of those guys that just kind of has to figure things out on his own. If you, I always say, if you can't afford to pay somebody, you better figure out how to do it on your own if you want to get it done. And so um, I happened to meet a guy, um, and two weeks later, we bought all the screen printing equipment together. He taught me how to do it. I figured, well, if I invested this money in the screen printing stuff, I may as well tell some friends that I have it. If, you know, I knew a bunch of bar owners and um, stuff around town. So word just started spreading. And it was really only to just pay for the equipment that I had bought and keep my clothing company going. And I, I fought being a screen printer for a long time. And uh, finally, I just made the commitment and... I mean, there was just, it was just, it totally spiderwebbed. I mean, it was just so many referrals and uh, I it literally got to a point where I couldn't fight being a screen printer anymore and I just had to embrace it and just, that's where I focused my business and just put the clothing company aside, even though that's what I really wanted to do was the clothing company. Man, I, I love that story because there's just so much to dissect in there. Like, you know, 
um, I think the biggest lesson I can learn from that, from, from the story just told me is really don't fight the flow, right? Like um, if the demand is there for a particular service that you have the capability for, um, and, and, you know, oftentimes we start businesses um, thinking that it's going to go one way, but yeah. most of the time uh, you have to be flexible and you have to be willing to, to, to change the course of the, of the businesses. Like, or like what a lot of people say, pivot, right? Yes. Um, what were some of your biggest challenges though in, in getting that, that business started? Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, you just need to follow where the money is. I mean, that's where I was at, at that point. It was, um, and it came because I put out more than people expected. I, you know, if you ever go and get custom shirts made, it's, there's a shirt price. And if it's a colored shirt, it's this much more. And if it's an extra large, it's that. And if it's this, it's that. And it was just seemed to me like it was just nickel and diming. And it was every little upcharge. It's like, I don't care about all that. Just tell me how much the shirt costs. And so I just really put out a quality shirt uh, and I just delivered the best I could. And one of the biggest things in screen printing is people would miss deadlines all the time. So I just was like, I'm never missing. I just couldn't personally, I couldn't do it. I could never let anybody else down. So um, yeah, you just definitely have to follow. Um, I, th I think what you need to do is really find the opportunities. Yes. I wanted to be a clothing company guy, but I was paying too much in screen printing fees. So that opportunity presented itself and you just need to be able to capture uh, and follow when the opportunity shows itself and have your eyes open. And my, my question is this, how did you go from dealing with diamonds and real estate and, and cars into fashion, into, you know, into clothing? How did that happen? Uh, I, I don't really consider myself a fashion guy. I'm really, really chill. Like usually wearing a V-neck plain shirt. I don't like too much graphics. Um, I just had my personal style and I wasn't really finding what I liked out there. And when I started nude clothing company, um, I it wanted to be a men's line. And, you know, when you look for manufacturers and you look at designs and, you know, the, the steps that you have to take to get to make your own thing, if you're going to bootstrap it with as minimal dollars in as possible, um, I just would find manufacturers and be relabeling, which is what most companies do. And it, women just have so many more choices than men do. I mean, I had a crew neck and a V-neck and a tank top for guys. And it's like women, I had like five dresses and different tank tops. And there's just so many more options for women. It was just turned out again, I followed the path. There was just a lot more fun and uh, a lot more choices when it came to women's clothes. Awesome, man. Um, can you share a little bit about what you do with million dollar collar? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, not everything, but a lot of, of things. We have an employee that does a lot of outside calls. Uh, but I came up with the idea. I, uh, perfected the material, I, the design, the pattern, everything. Um, I handle all the logistics to make sure that it's manufactured properly, that we have the inventory we need, that Amazon has the inventory they need. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of the back end uh, stuff on the company. And well, tell, tell me a little bit about that, the problem that, that million dollar, prob, uh, million dollar color solves. So drink. you got the visual right here. This shirt obviously has million dollar collar, but uh, I was standing there on my wedding day, 30 minutes after I put my brand new freshly pressed shirt on. I hadn't even said I do. And this lapel was like crumbled underneath, 
you know, this placket was cumbered under the lapel of my jacket. I just looked terrible. And I just remember just tugging at my shirt all day long. I'm like, God, why does it have to be like this? And I, I came home and just started cutting open every piece of plastic I could find around the house from zip ties to mini blinds and uh, milk cartons. I mean, I, I just tested everything. And uh, it took almost three years to perfect the material, which we had to develop because dry cleaning gets very hot and uses chemicals. And um, yeah, it was just a crazy, crazy process. Second guessing yourself all the time, but uh, I just felt confident that it was something different that wasn't out there. I see. I see. I, I, I totally, I totally understand what you're talking about. Like my, like I think, how does my color look now? You're looking good right now. You're looking good right now. Yeah. But when I go out in the day, especially in Singapore, it gets really hot. It's humid, right? And yeah, I do find myself having to put my collar up all the time. Yep. You, you got that right. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about, like, you know, how did you go through three years of R&D um, and still, you know, because for the way that I see it, a lot of companies can't even go through 18 months of, of R&D and still, uh, and still survive. How did, how do you get through that bit of R&D where, were you already generating revenue when you're doing R&D or did you start generating revenue only after the three years? Yeah, it was after. So um, this idea came up while I was still running the screen printing business. So I would print all day um, and find time at night to just kind of test uh, materials. I would ask friends for shirts. We went through tons of different concepts of how the uh, stay would be installed or how we could use it. it was internal, was it external. And so, I mean, if I sat down and had 40 hours or 80 hours a week and uh, really grinded on it, it wouldn't have taken three years, but I didn't have another choice. So we were, again, bootstrapping this company uh, while running my other company. Uh, my wife would help out when she could. My business partner, he had his full-time job plus his other side hustles that he's doing. So, um, but we, even in that three years, the company pivoted, I think two times, uh, as you said, just trying to figure out uh, what was the right route for us. We, you, you think you got the concept, you think you know where you're going and then it's like, nope, that's not what the market's saying. We got to kind of follow them a little bit. So, And I, you know, you seem to be a bit of a serial entrepreneur, right? Um, I have so much respect for salespeople, and I think that salespeople are probably best suited to to get companies going, right? Because you, with no sales, you got no money, you can't get started. Um, but what is your why? Why did you? Why was this important to you? Um, you know, I I like looking good, and to me, the dress shirt had a huge. I think it has a, a fundamental design flaw that it doesn't just sit right. I mean, I would remember even before my wedding, you know, if I want, if we we're going to go out at night, my wife and I, now wife and I, um, I would put on a dress shirt because I wanted to be respected. I wanted people to look at me and say, Oh, you know, he's got his stuff together, even whether or not I did. And if you go out and this side is like this and this side is up or, you know, I just like, symmetry a little bit better so I would iron my shirt I'd put it on and this side would be falling down then I'd take it off and I iron it again and then this side would be falling down and it's like it just never really looked right to me and I've had other ideas I've had other concepts and um, I, it was just the first time we, I was financially in a good place where I could you know spend $1,500 on a patent search I mean it 
the money starts, you start cutting checks like instantly once you come up with an idea. So, um, I just was in the right place at the right time. I feel like dress shirts, the tie has been, uh, going away more and more and more year over year over year. And so it just felt like the timing was right. And um, I I don't understand why a dress shirt shouldn't look this good all the time. And so nothing else was out there like it. And I just saw an opportunity. Yeah. You make a really good point as well, because um, I'm actually, I'm actually the kind of guy that doesn't wear a tie, right? Like it just doesn't make sense Uh, to me. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Right. Like, especially in Singapore where it's so hot, I wear a shirt every day, but I, I, I never wear a tie. Well, not anymore. Back when I was in, in, in financial sales, I would. Um, who is your target market? You know, who's, who is the person that's most likely to buy a million-dollar collar? Uh, the bulk of our end-user customers, the guy that get, is getting it installed, is the guy that's climbing. You know, it's the outside sales guy. It's the real estate guy. Um, and not that we don't sell to women. It's just like 95% of dress shirts sold in the world are men's. So, Obviously, that's where the marketing goes, but my wife's got it in a bunch of her shirts. We've got a lot of uh, female customers. Uh, but to me, it's the guy that's climbing, that wants more, that's, that sees a better life and is just trying to take every opportunity to appear better. I mean, imagine getting up in front of a sales presentation and you're all sloppy and you know uh, you don't look symmetrical, you don't look put together, you're constantly up there worrying about your shirt falling where you know, just go out and look good. Your shirt should do that. And your clothing, to me, we always say that clothing speaks for us. I mean, before you can say anything, everybody makes a judgment of the person next to them based on what they're wearing. And so why not look your best if you're going to put on a dress shirt? You may as well just wear a t-shirt if you don't really care. Awesome. And, and where, 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 is, where can people currently buy the million dollar collar? So we uh, obviously have our website, milliondollarcollar.com. Uh, in our first two years, we've shipped 150,000 units to uh, people in 92 countries, Singapore, a ton. Um, <clears throat> but we're also on Amazon, US, Canada, Europe, um, and Japan. So Amazon, Japan, you can hop on and, and get that pretty quick over there. Uh, and we're rolling out into Australia and Brazil uh, in, in the next couple months. So, so it's primarily direct to consumer online, uh, online e-commerce sales. Is that right? So that was um, the first phase of our business. As soon as we got our patent in late 2015, we went and had meetings with all the major manufacturers or all the major brands here in the U.S. We went to New York and met with Calvin Klein and Perry Ellis and Ralph Lauren and you know, all these brands, and. Um, we didn't have any track record. We didn't have any sales. We didn't have any way to say, yeah, people really want this. Um, and so after getting the feedback from them, they were interested, but they just weren't sure about, you know, changing everything to go and make this. So we focused our first two years on those sales and consumer, uh, because the product needs to be sewn in, uh, and altered into the shirt. Our focus right now is on dry cleaners and tailors you're used to dropping your shirt off. You, you know, there's a dry cleaner sees more shirts than we'll ever talk to. So to give them an opportunity, that's where our focus is right now. It's a, it's a nice upsell for them. The customer's already there. They're already dropping the shirt off. You know, if you care enough about the way you look that you're going to pay somebody else to clean and press your clothes, 
you're probably our customer right there anyway. So uh, that's the, our next phase of our business. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love, I love that you pivoted your distribution channels. Um, you know, even in my business, we're always looking for people who have our people uh, that don't sell the same product, of course. And, and yeah, so I'm, I'm learning so much. What, what excites you the most about your industry though? Uh, to me, it's it, the, there's just such an opportunity. And when somebody, when the light goes on and they get it, or I get a phone call from someone saying, I heard about this or I tried this, um, after two years and thousands and thousands of phone calls and emails, uh, people know who we are. I, I meet people, I'm in Los Angeles, so I meet people all the time. I'm in a networking group that puts me in front of some of the most incredible people on the planet. And uh, I met a guy the other day who, is a pretty big wig guy and gave him my card and he's like, Oh, I've seen this. I've seen it. I know this company. And I'm like, what? That's awesome. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, numbers wise, my calculations say that about a hundred million dress shirts are made every year. So to me, it's, there's just such an opportunity to talk to customers around the world. I mean, when I get an order from a country I've never heard of, it's uh, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing too. Nice. 100 million dress sheds every year it just seems so small i buy so i buy so many every year I'm yeah. like, i feel like i contribute so much to that number <laughs> <laughs> i'm totally a customer man i'm uh, i'm gonna go check that out if, if people want to find out more about you or about million dollar caller of course they can go to the website is there anything else uh, uh that they in, anything in particular that they should check out um yeah we i mean we have our all the social media stuff, which you can get through on the website. Uh, I'm a, I'm an open book. So if anybody has any questions or is trying to get through and figure out business, I'd be happy to answer. And uh, so my, my personal email is Rob at million dollar So if you have any questions, shoot me an email. I'd be happy to help out any way I can It'd be to me. Giving back is, is all part of it and mentoring and helping people. I've had a ton of mentors through this and, uh, people that should not have helped me have helped me. And so, um, it's been a pretty amazing opportunity uh, and I couldn't be here without them. So I'm happy to get back. Awesome. And Hey, uh, Rob, thank you so much for spending the time with us. We're, I'm truly humbled, truly honored, very grateful that you, you took the time uh, to spend with us, sharing your experience and helping other entrepreneurs uh, on their journey. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. You've been listening to The Leverage Advantage. If you're wanting to take yourself out of your business so that you can do more of what you love, head on over to theleverageadvantage.com to find out how you can use our leverage system to build a fully automated marketing machine for your business.